and Hello. welcome to the very first episode of Retroholics. Willie DeWitt was on the verge of a scientific breakthrough. Today, my science project, the Photon Accelerator, is ready for testing. I've calibrated the electromagnetic fields to circumvent any breakdowns caused by the machine. Remember, I did it all in the name of science. But something went wrong. Now he's opened a portal to another dimension. Another time. And space. He told me his name. And he asked me to join his fight against the Toad Menace. What was his name? Yes, this is Retroholics, and you are joined here today by the two hosts who's been planning for the longest time to get this show done. Longest. We are finally here. I go by the name of Skillet. And I myself, Free Thoughts. We are two guys who are in love with 80s and 90s and 70s and even the 60s cartoons. And what this show is about is a review, a watchback. We are going to review cartoons that we grew up watching religiously or maybe not just cartoons that we were, we were fond of and we're going to watch it back as adults after all these years of not watching it uh, prior and uh, we're going to give a review of our thoughts on it today um, and today's first episode will be about one Captain Bucky O'Hare <laughs> Another time and space, a parallel universe is falling on its face. When out of the chaos, who else could it be? But the animal adventurers from SPACE! Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! Mutants and aliens and toads beware! You're looking for adventure? Well, this is it! With Jenny, Dead Eye Blinky, and Willie to win! I said, Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! Bucky O'Hare on the Toad Wars! In the battle of the universe, you don't know what's next. You only know amphibians are made it complex! When you check out your scanner and the evil that it wants, there's only one course of action! Let's go for some toads! Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! He goes where no ordinary rabbit would dare. If your righteous indignation has suffered a hit, and your photon accelerator is broken a bit, and you're losing your mind, and you're having a fear, get the funky fresh rabbit who can take care of it! It's Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare. Oh my lord. Memo I said Bucky. Memories. Memories. Free Force, what's your. Before we even talk about this show, uh, off the top of your head, what is your, 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 your thoughts on this show, your opinions, and do you have fond memories of watching this cartoon? Um, definitely had fond memories of Bucky O'Hare. I mean, there's, there's some holes in the memory, for sure, but obviously the theme tune was. Was, was crazy. Yep. The character design was 
was was crazy and um yeah like i'm looking forward to getting into this because you know in the research prior to this i i tried to stay away from watching it again and like same, there was a lot that. of negative stuff they were like you know it was great in in some aspects but the actual storyline was was terrible so um i've got nothing but fond memories as a childhood of of, of watching this i remember pretty much all the characters names still to this day so um yeah i'm looking to get into this that's funny it's funny you say that so i remember bucky o'hare um i don't remember it like loads of people that i know remember it so i remember obviously bucky o'hare the character i remember the look of it the feel i know i remember it, what's it about but i don't have any like memories of an episode per se um i remember few names like i only remember if i'm if i'm honest with you the only names i remember is bucky O'Hare himself and dead eye and um i don't remember the name of the, the little kid i forgot his name and and you know i just feel and you know what's so funny i remember growing up thinking yeah this show i remember it being a great show when i was a kid but i never knew how many people felt the same so growing up as I get older, you talk to your friends about old school cartoons. Your friends would tell you, "Oh, Bucky, your hair was sick." And I'm like, "Yeah, it was good." So I don't know what to. I don't know what to expect today. I don't know if it's going to be something that I will be still impressed with. But we will get into that. We're going to run down the episode when we watch it together uh, on this episode. But before we get to that episode, let's talk about some history. Let's talk with about Bucko. history. Let's talk about Bucky your hair. Uh, free for hit us with some origin story <laughs> of the Bucky your hair. So, um, Bucky Hair was a comic book created around 1978 okay. um, by writer Larry Hanmar. See, I didn't even realise it was a comic. So, yeah, no. Bucky Hair was a comic. I remember my, my actual, my first trip to the US, well, my first trip as a, as a, as a, as a child slash adult um, by myself. I was 13 years old. I, was going, I went to New York. And um, I stayed with some family there. And my uncle knew I was into comics and he took me to a comic shop. And I didn't know about Bucky O'Hare then, but I was just flicking through what was there. And um, I found this this awesome looking cover of this comic called Bucky O'Hare. And I was just like, yo, this looks crazy. Mm. And um, that was my first introduction to it. So yeah, way before the cartoon dropped, I was, I was, I was on job and I knew that this was something that was going to be big. Wow, okay. I was working at DC Comics and they said that we could create stuff and we'd own a big piece of it and they would publish it. So I worked this whole thing up, you know, and they said, well, you know, hand it in. And I said, well, where's my contract? And they never came up with the paperwork. And my lawyer said, you know, a spoken agreement is worth the paper it's written on. I walked away with it and uh, Neil Adams, who was a really big time comic book artist that he would publish it and I got a nice share of the rights that's sort of like my take on what I really had wanted to do I mean I got into the comic book business because I wanted to do funny animals and, and ducks and um, nobody was buying any of that at that time you know it was all superheroes so I had to do superheroes and then this chance came along to do uh, what I really wanted to do and you may know, well, if you're a Star Wars buff, you may know that there's been a little internet for whore about 
did buck your hair come from Star Wars or did Star Wars rip buck your hair? So basically, there's a character called Jackson and he first appeared in the, the eighth issue of Marvel's ongoing Star Wars comic series. But Jackson came up first. Like, let's, let's, let's stop the, the, the internet argument <laughs> now. Jackson came up first. But when was up... the Buck Your Hair comic published? So, Buck Your Hair published, debuted in 1984. Yeah. But... Star Wars already was a long... Yeah, yeah, long, long established at that stage. But the, the first time that we saw Jackson, this Buck Your Hair looking character, which should pop on the screen right now, mm -hmm. um was in 1978. But, as I said earlier, Larry Hanmar and Michael Golden were working for Marvel at this time. Okay. And they had already created Buck Your Hair. So the story was basically, uh, you know, they must have, someone must have seen the, 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 the storyboards or the initial drawings of Bucky. They were just like, yeah, I like that. We're taking it kind of thing. Right. But, in reality, he was actually invented about a month after the first. Now, if you can see in the screen, you will see in the screen of Jackson. He looks a lot like Bucky. He looks a lot like Bucky. Let's let's be honest. Let's be let's, honest. Let's be honest. It's like, crazy. You know, even even down to the the suit is like. Oh yeah, my lord! It's, it's, they it's, ripped off Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. You know? But yeah. But, um, you know, just to break down the, the, the storyline, basically. So, a parallel universe to Earth's, where war is going on between the inept United Animals Federation and the sinister Toad Empire. The United Animals Federation is an interplanetary republic run by anthropomorphic mammals, while the Toad Empire is controlled by a vast computer system known as Complex. Mm which has led the highly consumerist Toad population to fight an expansionist campaign against the rest of the galaxy. I mean, it's, it, you know, I think this still works today, like, you know. Well, it's like, Star Wars, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, as a kid, no, but with the consumerist idea yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that, I mean, you know. As like, a child, you're going crazy watching it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's one of the best exactly. things you ever see. So the comic, was, was it successful? So, the comic was successful. It, it must have been to, to prompt a cartoon series. I, I, yeah. Exactly, but it was the expense of uh -huh. of that of, of of the magazine at that time. Like you know, they were trying to do too much, and like you know, you got to respect. You know, you got to do too much sometimes to change the game. Right. But at that time, that was their their downfall, unfortunately. And okay. um, yeah, we. I think there's probably maybe just a couple more episodes of the comic further than the actual series sure. so you know we, we didn't we didn't miss much okay okay so that's thank you for that free thought no problem captain so. buck your hair origin was a comic first um the cartoon so so if the comic was started in what in the 70s late 70s it in took 70s. them what 13 years to make the actual cartoon li li literally literally 13 years to make the cartoon i mean there's some discrepancy at the moment. I need to check some facts, but I think the computer game for Nintendo right. was actually picked up before the cartoon. And I think that was what actually 
the success of that it was there was an arcade machine and then there was a Nintendo game. Well, no, the Nintendo game was on the NES. That that was released in 1992. So that came out around the same time as the cartoon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's yeah. clarification there. Yeah, yeah. Skillet. Sorry, sorry. Thank I you, thank wanted, you. I just wanted to make sure that, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah the Bucky O'Hare cartoon definitely came out in 92. Um, But I was going to ask about the toy line. Yeah, so in a... Um, from, you know, Bucky O'Hare.org... <laughs> There's a statement from Larry Hammer, Hammer, sorry, and um, basically he says that he always envisioned a toy line from the comic days. So if you look at the comic, like the little holsters yeah. for the guns are the exact same as the comics. Like they even got holes in their feet right. as as they appear in the toys, and and this was the vision that Hammer had was that. Like, this is going to be across all mediums. Like, right. you know, he already visioned that this was going to do well and that he wanted the the toy line to be exactly the same as he envisioned the original characters. As, as we know with a lot of comics to toys or cartoons to toys and vice versa, um, you know, liberties are usually taken. Like, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Ninja Turtles is... Of course, because the animal... The animal... The animal... Animal... How do you pronounce animal, it? Ana, anapromorphic. Anapromorphic's world was blowing up with the Blow, children. Blowing, so blowing up. That blowing would definitely up. prompt them to make a toy line for Bucky O'Hare. And I guess that's the reason why they made the cartoon too. Yeah. 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 Which made sense. Okay. Did we talk about the cartoon? Should we get into it? I think, I think it's time to get into it. Let's do this. All right. Before we do, let's get back to that theme again. This is the Captain Buck your hair feed, baby. You gotta play. Some toads. In another dimension, another time and space, a parallel universe is falling on its face. When out of the chaos, who else could it be? But the animal adventurers from SPACE. Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare. Mutants and aliens and toads beware. You're looking for adventure? Well, this is it. With Jenny dead eye Blinky and Willie to win. I said, Bucky. In the battle of the universe, you don't know what's next. You only know amphibians are made it complex. When you check out your scanner and the evil that it wants, there's only one course of action. Let's cook us some toes. Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare. He goes where no ordinary rabbit would dare. If your righteous indignation has suffered a hit, and your photon accelerator is broken a bit, and you're losing your mind, and you're having a fear, get the funky fresh rabbit who can take care of it. Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare. Alrighty, yeah, I, I love that theme song, man. Like, if you listen to the lyrics, in another dimension, another time and space, a parallel union was falling on its face. When out of the chaos, who else could it be but the animal adventures of SPACE? And that SPACE was the name of the team. Am I right? That's not like in space. It no. is sentient protoplasm against colonial encroachment. But isn't that the name of their squad? Yeah, the name of their space. I'm assuming that's the name of their team, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's what I assumed all that time. But I could be wrong. So Captain Buck, you're here. Episode one. Uh, the title uh, of this episode is called The War of Warts, which was written by Kirsty Marks, who wrote uh, for, Spider- uh, for Fantastic Four, the 1978 version, Spider-Man of the 1980s, uh, Gem and the Holograms. She even wrote for Gem and the Holograms, the movie, which Crazy. came out in 2018, last year. Putting work. Uh, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a 1988 cartoon. Uh, Conquest, which was a uh, 1990s cartoon. Um, mm, I didn't uh, know that. Never heard that. Hypernauts, which was a 90s TV show. Show I'd never heard of that either. I guess that's some space show. Conan the Barbarian cartoon, remember that? The 90s cartoon. I yeah. can't wait for us to talk yeah. about that. Mighty Max, G.I. Joe, Reboot. Babylon wow. 5, the TV show. Wow. Dark Stalkers. She even wrote for He-Man, wow. uh, the 2002 remake. And Biker, My Mars, and so much more. Wow. Uh, Kirsty, really Marks. You have put in works. Hopefully, we'll have a. While I'm describing your work, we have an image of you somewhere if we can find it. If we don't, then we have an image of a miscellaneous person. Um, but it kicks off with a, like a frog-like ship in this episode of Bike uh, of Bucky O'Hare. Um, uh, it cuts to um, this, some soldiers, some toad soldiers watching an overlaid sexual female frog selling warts cream. Uh, so these adverts are very straight away kicking off. In the cartoon, and you've said that adverts are quite prominent in this series, right? Yeah, I think the whole thing was complex. The co- the computer system is trying to brainwash the toads with consumerism. So okay. I think there's little funny adverts within each episode. It's quite deep. Yeah, what's galore was the name of this cream. Um, the toad marshal uh, demands his team to stop slacking and follow him, uh, as he should be uh, nominated for an award. Because uh, he said that in, and I quote, he said, It is an everyday I conquer and enslave an entire planet, let alone the home world of my greatest enemy, Bucky O'Hare. So you see some slaves being taken into his ship. So, you know, the air marshal is already killing it with his, uh, you know, helping out complex enslave different planets and different animals. Uh, and obviously, he's enslaved Bucky O'Hare's home planet which was driven Bucky here to be on this conquest to stop Complex by any means. Yeah, listen! That's called motherfucking boy! Oh, my name is complete. You know nothing about that! You know why? Because you a mumble rapper, Bow Wow, a mumble rapper! Lil Yachty, you don't want nothing to! Um, we see the ship driven by Deadeye, which is the uh, four-armed Daffy Duck-looking one-eyed goon of a duck no he's he's a goon uh, he's like the only know. character i kind of fully properly remember <laughs> um we have jenny and bucky uh who's uh in the ship right now um jenny says that she sees senses of the enemy of the toad slave ship who are, who are patrolling space bucky lets the crew know that they've spotted the enemy ship and it's time to kick off this war and dead eye is fully on this thing he's very excited he's very happy Maybe a little bit overexcited. Uh, <laughs> there's this robot called Blinky, who's like a R2D2, C3PO type of Star Wars based character who's cleaning up the ship. AFC Blinky, Android First Class. He, he actually cleans up after this, but uh, some banana peels off the floor of Berserker Bruiser, who's uh, complaining about how outdated this ship is. Bucky tells him, and I quote, to put, a, put in the back burner, Bruce, um, which he replies, okay, but I don't like it. You know, that typical 80s stuff. Uh, Bucky and Jen and Bruiser infiltrate the ship. And Bucky and Deadeye will take care of the escorts, which... Um, so, no, sorry. Jen and Bruiser t- infiltrate the ship. I apologize. And Bucky and Deadeye will take care of the escorts. Um, the toads are also on this beef. So the, the war's going off. It's kicking off. Um, uh, it's just a war on space, really. Uh, there's no introduction of what the planet is yet so far. There's no mention of that. But we'll get there. Uh... Dead, Dead Eye, by the way, can I say, is incredible on this war thing. He's killing people left, right, and centre, shooting at all these toads, 
Um, he's great with his weapons. Uh, he's a known marksman. He's shooting with one arm behind his back. He's that good. Uh, and while chalking on the screen, how much bodies he's getting, like a, like a tally chart. Uh, crazy. Uh, Jen and Bruiser infiltrate the ship to catch some of the Toad Guards. One of them looks like it could be a page-free magazine uh, when the Toads are look like he's reading like a little play toad. <laughs> is, he, is he licking licking the cover? Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot. The alarm goes off and they call for security to take care of Jen and Bruiser in the shuttle bay. Um, tell me about Bruiser. I, I, I kind of remember Bruiser. I think I had a little action figure of Bruiser. But... Um, so in this episode, this is actually Bruce, who is Bruiser's brother, and they are Beetlejuicy and Beetlejuicy. Okay. Who the Toads are terrified for whatever reason. I don't think they ever really explain why they're so scared of Beetlejuicy and baboons. But but that's that's their their kryptonite basically. So do me a favor. Give me a list of the whole crew. We have Captain Bucky O'Hare. So have we have. Captain Bucky O'Hare. He's a rabbit. He's a hare. He's a hare. The green Captain rabbit. of the righteous indignation. And the crew would be Dead Eye Duck. Um, in this episode, it's Bruce, the beautiful, juicy, and berserker baboon. Um, maybe let's not spoil what happens to him. Yeah, we'll get there in the end. We'll get there in the end. Um, then you have AFC Blinky, which AFC is Android First Class. Um, you got First Mate Jenny, the mystic cat. Or so Jen's a cat. She's a she's a she's a mystic cat. So all these sort. years, I assumed Jen was a rabbit. Oh wow! But she's actually a cat. Jenny is a cat, and I can actually see she's a cat. In there. <laughs> That's quite bad. Okay, so Jen is a mystical type of cat. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't really mention the names before prior, so some people watching this might be like, "What is going on?" Um, and then of course we got Willie Dewitt. We'll get the, there, but we'll get there. He's a human friend ally. Yeah. So the alarm goes off and the Toads call for security to take care of Jen and Bruiser, who's infiltrating the shuttle bay. Uh, the security team are armed and ready. Um, they shout out, surrender in the name of the Toad Empire. Bruiser bursts through the door, crushing one of the Toad soldiers, screaming a battle cry. Which, how's it go, 3-4? Uh, <laughs> Don't, don't ask me. I think it's a wooga wooga, basically. It's not a kaioka, kaioka. <laughs> anyway, um, but Jen as a character, uh, so far, seems a bit strong. There's very much female empowerment in this character. De definitely, definitely, definitely. And I, I think she don't that's, play about. She don't. That's a about. that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And I don't think '80s cartoons we saw a lot of powerful female leads. And I feel like Jenny was. As awesome as Bucky, if not more so, with her mystic powers. She does have some mystic powers. She's got some X-Men, Jane Grey telepathy type of stuff going on. Um, can you can you give us a rundown exactly what her powers are? I can. I think, basically, Jenny's and powers include telepathy, astral projection, energy plus, and healing. <laughs> and she we, heals as well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but so I'm assuming all these powers come into play as the series. They come on. into play, but she actually she keeps them secret from the whole crew, apart from Willie DeWitt, because she's got a big crush on him. 
So which is really weird. Which is really okay. weird because these powers are supposedly they have some they're actually sacred powers from her planet. So how Only the female cats have these powers. So we, we were just saying how uh, she's very strong and a strong female lead. But then they kind of sexualize her with this whole Woody the Wick. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's still back to 80s propaganda. Uh, and 90s, or early 90s, I should say, as well. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Jen destroys this robot. And she walks, uh, you know, dis- dismembers these, these robots and gets rid of these, toad, these toads. Um, with ease, my, with my ease. Then they cut to San Francisco. <laughs> So this shows that there isn't a, a, a human world, there is an Earth, and in, in space, these ana, anamorphic type characters are existing. Uh, they cut to San Francisco um, in, with a name, I feel they haven't really tried to think of a clever name for this school. The school is called the School of San Francisco, uh, where Willie, what's his name, Willie the what? Willie the Wit. Willie the Wit attends as he's uh going to his locker to you know get his books and whatnot he's approached by three bullies uh, these bullies are trying to intimidate willie uh by writing nerd on his locker but willie doesn't really seem intimidated willie actually gives gives some smack talk back saying that's the only word you can spell um will will doesn't really seem shook at these guys yeah yet, pretty these, brave yet, yet these guys are telling will if he doesn't fail his next exam which will is obviously a genius if he doesn't get an f in his next exam um, they're going to beat him up, basically. Back to uh, space, where or the universe, I should say, which which I kind of gave away what it's called. But the Toads are losing this war uh, at the moment, and the soldiers inform the air marshal, who demands greatness, and tells us to go back and kill Bucky. Um, meanwhile, Bucky and Jen are united with the enslaved hares, which really infuriates Bucky. You know, uh, Bucky meets the uh, the the free slaves of the hare clan, which. I was going to ask you this, Free Four, because you're, you're somebody who likes to think, you know. That's why they call you Free Four, you know. That's right, that's right. I always wondered, until now, because I saw this episode, which I haven't seen in such a long time, <laughs> but I always, always wondered why Buck Your Hair was a green hair, until you also informed us why, because it's based on that Star Wars character, Jackson. But I always thought, if the villain's toads are green, and Bucky is a green rabbit i always thought is there some sort of like in the comics where there's some sort of like you know plot twist where maybe he's half frog or whatever but no because um when he sees this free hairs a lot of these rabbits are green themselves so that that is squashes my um my theory (laughs) but that would have been cool right that would have been cool that would be a bit too deep for kids i guess complex is the father of bucky you know yeah you know some yeah you know, complex, Darth Vader, yeah, Darth, yeah. you know, Luke Skywalker nonsense. Anyway, um, um, yeah, so this really pisses off Bucky O'Hare that, you know, he's seen more of his hairs being enslaved by complex. But one of the slaves tells him to stay true to his mission and save the rest of the Aniverse. And that's when they finally mention the, the, this, this universe. It's called the Aniverse. And uh, if you could give me more details, what, are, what is he trying to say to Bucky about this? Like, like he's basically saying save the universe instead of going for this solo quest of retribution right which is which is which, which is sad words yeah, yeah you know that's 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 very humble and, and it's it's a beautiful thing think of you know the the bigger picture you know 
teaching kids. Yeah. Back to, uh, we cut back to San Francisco where uh, Will was eating to tofu burgers with his parents, but he's not hungry and um, he doesn't want to eat it. And then his dad asks, what's wrong, Will? Will replies by asking his parents, if you knew something was going to beat you up for, if you knew someone was going to beat you up for doing what you felt was really important, would you do it anyway? Now, <laughs> if my son or daughter, I don't have one, but if I ever was to have kids and they were to ask me this question, you know the first thing I would say? Who's picking on you in school, son? <laughs> Who's picking you in school, uh, girl, my daughter? No, but instead, Will's parents reply with, well, son, there are some things so important that, you, that are worth fighting for, uh, no matter the cost. And then the mother says, yes, like making sure we grow up in a world where whales and owls and there's an ozone layer. And then they reply with, oh, David, the rally, we've got to go. <laughs> run. Can I just say, like, even for that time, these guys are super hipster parents. Like, I know, if you know San Francisco, obviously, that is, there's a big hipster community there already, but the whole eating tofu burgers and... Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, it's crazy. And, and it made me giggle understanding the, the, the fact that they're actually taking the piss of the parents at that stage. Uh, yes, basically. Back on space, Bucky's approaching um, the joint defense system um, to uh, interrupt the Animal UN, which is called... The United Animals Security Council. So this is basically the Animal UN. Basically. Um, um, Bucky's really pissed off with the council because he's having a go at them saying that the resources that gave him to stop the air marshal and complex isn't really enough. And he found another planet of these slaves, of, of his people being enslaved. Um, so he didn't get to them in time and he couldn't stop them like he wanted to because they didn't give him enough resources. Uh, the UN don't really take on what Bucky's saying. They're arguing back with him. So Deadshot licks off some gunshots in the council to get their attention. Shout out to Deadshot. Dead, sorry, I said Deadshot. <laughs> Shout out to Deadshot. He don't play. Back to um, the, the Toad base. Um, they're watching the advert brought to you by Flam. Yes, flam, the compressed fly loaf. Uh, <laughs> it's basically all the flies that toads eat in compressed into a nice stickly loaf. Um, think hot cross buns with flies in it. Uh, uh, um, but then that advert is interrupted by Complex himself, which is the Darth Sidious to the Air Marshal's Darth Vader, who's upset with the Air Marshal for not killing Bucky O'Hare and going back and find him. So the air marshal rallies his troops uh, back to space to chase after um, Bucky O'Hare. And um, as Bucky's trying to escape, he sees 50 toads after on his trail. Bucky's trying to go into hyperdrive to get rid of them. They also go into hyperdrive to find him. Uh, the toads are after Bucky shooting up his ship, but um, there's a force field protecting the shield. As that's happening, Bucky is trying to demand Bruiser to quickly find a portal so that he can get them to escape. Um, Bucky needs the accelerator to work, basically, which Bruiser's working on. But Bruiser has been telling Bucky that the ship is outdated. You know, he's work this is what he's working with. So Bucky is now learning why Bruiser was making a big com complaint. But, you know, Bucky being a captain is still rallying and pushing um, Blinky and Bruiser to get this portal working. 
the, the portal does work. What happens next when the portal, portal works? Um, free fort. So basically, you know, young Willie DeWitt, luckily on Earth at the exact same time, activates the photon accelerator that he's built in his bedroom from household junk. And this creates a hyperspace portal to the right, direct to the righteous indignation. <laughs> So the righteous indignation is the name of the ship, isn't it? Righteous indignation is the name of the of the, the, team. Fri- the frigate. Frigate. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Righteous okay. indignation. Okay. So yeah, that's the, that's their ship, and um, you know, of course, Willie, being the good-hearted tofu-eating kid that he is, decides to give the crew a hand. But here's the thing: so when Willie does that, does he cause what happens to Bruiser? No, so... Bruiser was already trying to work this thing out. He was on the work, and he... And the portal sucks him out. He, yeah. Bruce. Bruce. Bruiser is is Bruce's... Oh, I'm sorry. Cousin or brother. Okay, Bruce. So Bruce, this is Bruce, who obviously we will never see again, basically. So Bruce is dead. Bruce is dead. In the comics, comics, he is vaporised. He's vaporised. Yeah. Blinky looks really upset about this. He, he lays the information back to Bucky. Bucky kind of takes it on like how a soldier would take it on. Oh, man, we're going to miss him. Anyway, let's get out let's, of here. Let's keep moving. There's 50 toads outside. <laughs> yeah. Keep moving. Yeah, but, so, Willie is now in the ship. He's been portaled into the ship as well. Um, so, the door. So, in the middle of the door, there's this hyperspace portal. One side is Willie DeWitt's house door with like his dad jacket on one side and you know the do not disturb and then on the other side is the portal to Willie DeWitt's room but in the comics Willie gets sucked into the to to the ship and he's not found again in the in the real world that's correct exactly but in the comics they wanted him to go back and forth so he can go back to mum and dad's of course of course of course yeah okay cartoons um and then as Will is there to try and help. So Will kind of like, he's at first is a bit like, oh, wow, you're a talking rabbit. Oh, wow, you're green. Oh, wow, this is weird. But then after two seconds, he's like, okay. he understands what's happening. Yeah, there's 50 codes like, outside. Goes, okay, <laughs> let's I'm, get to work. And he's also not only understands what's happening, he's smart enough to build up some new technology to help Bucky and his team, basically. Well, basically, he's already built this. That's what he says. They're just like, oh, but do you know how to, 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 like, to, yeah, to do this? Yeah, like, I've done well, this I just, thing. I just made one, actually. Even so though like, in oh. this world, technology is far more far advanced, advanced. In, in the real world, I could still match up to your technology with my brain. So that's what happens. As Will's trying to make this thing, Bucky's like, oh, hurry, hurry. And the toads shoot up their ship and it ends on a cliffhanger. Now, I'm going to say... I was impressed by this episode. I'm Definitely. Gonna, I didn't know what to. F- I didn't know how I was gonna feel about this. I didn't think this would age well. Mm, I didn't no, think true. I was gonna enjoy this. It's true. I thought I was gonna really cuss this down. But as a first episode, this is not bad. Yeah, I'm ready all. to watch episode two right now. So what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we're gonna what, we're, we're gonna edit this, <laughs> but we're gonna um, what get into the middle. Yeah, yeah. So before we get to the end of this episode, we're gonna just talk about. Um, a little rundown of our favourite moments and give you a little analysis of what happens during the season before we get to the season finale. So here is a little rundown from myself, Skillet, and Free Fort. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tired of smooth skin? Try What's Up, the amazing new ward cream. We interrupt Toad TV for an update on Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars. The Toad Air Marshal has ordered his storm toads to crush the Freedom Fighters. Captain Bucky O'Hare. Battle stations. Gunner Deadeye Duck. Let's group toads. And boy genius Willie Duet. Ever see a toad fly? Yeah, those filthy mammals. Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars. New Bucky O'Hare action figures sold separately. And now back to Toad TV. Hey, ready, go. So, um, throughout the series, we'll see how uh, the Toad invasion and the, the Toad's world dominance throughout the whole Aniverse? Aniverse. Aniverse, yeah. sorry. Has uh, affected different animals from different breeds. Like, you know, you'll see, I think we see uh, foxes, we see rabbits, we see uh, hedgehogs, we see dolphins, dolphins octopus. octopus. We see all these animals yeah. being enslaved. And, and it's really much a the world against the toads. So the toads are kind of like the Nazis in a way. Uh, it's almost, I think it's almost like reptiles or cold-blooded versus warm-blooded. So obviously we see the lizards and, and yeah. those kind of guys. Oh, yes, of be, course. Yeah, they're really, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. You're right. Yeah, they're in the, yeah. so it's that. It's that, isn't it? It's the... It's the... Cold-blooded it's versus... Lizards versus... Yeah. Yeah. What's the word? Not lizards. Amphibians and amphibians. And, what the hell? Well, amphibians, toads, but then you've yeah. got your your snakes and lizards, which would be reptiles. So you amphibians and reptiles versus mammals. Yeah. Um, Although octopus isn't a, a mammal, but you know, like that, we give them artistic license, right? Well, okay. So I mean, the, the toad wars are very much a uh, up and down war between you know good and evil so it's very much sometimes Bucky and the space crew will win a few battles and sometimes uh, Complex and his toads will do well I won't say they win all the battles but they yeah. you know, they, but, you know they might, it, it might be you know they come out a bit better than, than usual but I don't think yeah, yeah. you can concisely say they, they win, win. <laughs> uh, let's talk about let's mention some of the uh, names that we get to meet uh, that helps Bucky and the space crew uh you know fight against this uh evil force which is complex so you have commander dogstar right we have mimi laflu commander dogstar is a dog isn't it he, yeah, he's okay. a dog he's a bulldog but he has a, doesn't he have like a um he's got his own frigate the in, in, infatible i think that's is how right you pr pronounce that and well there was like a a dog ish or was it a wolf you're like a companion that's a wolf i think Oh, in, in um, Commander Dogstar's um, crew? Yeah. So, yeah, there was like mm. a, a, a wolf. There was the, the, the bee. Um, what was the bee called? Mumblebee. <laughs> Mumble. Mumble. It sounded like Mumblebee, yeah, yeah. I think so. Then you had the mole. The mole, yes, 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 yes. And I think that was, yeah, pretty much um, Dogstar's crew. So we also met Mimi Laflu, La, La which is a fox. Very, uh, with her one, she... They, they, Everyone was telling her about how Bucky O'Hare is going to come and save them, all these hairs that were enslaved. And she was also, in, she was also captured and enslaved herself. And she, she fought against it. She said, I'm not waiting for no Bucky O'Hare. I'm going to cause damage myself, which she did, you know? Yeah. And then she obviously got to meet Bucky O'Hare. And, uh, you know, that will change for her. Our wolf, uh, the wolf was part, was it the wolf also? Um, there was a wolf as well, right? Uh, the wolf is part of the dog style, yeah. Oh, part yeah, of the dog, yeah, dog style, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Digger McSquint. Who's Digger McSquint? I don't remember that. Oh, no, that's the mole. I mentioned all the characters you just already mentioned. <laughs> and it's not Mumblebee, it's Rumblebee. Sorry. Rumblebee, that's sorry. Um, it's Pit Stop P. I don't remember that one. Pit Stop P. <laughs> Was that part of the Commander as well? Dog Star's Commander Creed. He is, isn't he? he got a good memory. I mentioned all these... Um, there was a pig, wasn't there? There was a pig? No. There was no. a pig in one episode. Oh, yeah. Of course, there's there's, there's a pig in, in one episode for sure. Many, many episodes, but... Yeah. whether he was like secretary was... general or something. Yeah. I think he would be part of the animal UN, as we were calling it. Harmon was a walrus. We got to meet a walrus. Griff, the hater. He was vice chairman. Right. And there's an octopus that you mentioned, Dexter. Yeah. And then... Um, what was the name of that dolphin, man? Battlenose. Battlenose. Major Major Battlenose. Battle he was jokes. Yeah, yeah. He was a G. With his I think English was, accent and that. I think the octopus was jokes as well. He said something like, them be the rules or something <laughs> like that. I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, um, what about the Total Empire subjects and allies? Obviously, Complex is a big bad. Yeah. You got um, Alnegator. The, the, that's the... Yes. He Al was like Gator. a marshal, wasn't he? No, he was... No, he uh, was like a mercenary. Mercenary, yeah, that's, that's it. A mercenary for hire. Yeah, All yeah. about the money. Yeah, he was dope. Toad Borg was invented as well, right? Some cyborg. Yeah, that was, that was what Complex. Complex made them. Half robot, half Toad. So make sure to put in line uh, Air Marshal when he messes up and makes his mistakes. Um, Fricks and Frax were Toads. They were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the I love them characters, actually. Yeah. They should have made figures for those when they were dropping the toys. Yeah, man. Fricks and Frax. They're the ones that just watched um, Toad TV all day, Toad right? T all day. Storm Toads as well. Some like Stormtroopers, you know, Star Wars, you know, Storm Guards. Uh, Andy Fibian. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great one. Uh, he was like the star reporter of the TNT News. That was a good, good name. And... Uh, um. The samurai lizards. Yeah, the that was Zoid, dope. I think, was the, the main guy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's, there's, Some there's good a, stuff, man. There's a lot. Um, we also, uh, throughout the series, you get to uh, meet, you know, different origin stories. You know, you had the, the Dead Eye. We found out Dead Eye used to be part of a pirate ship crew. Uh, you know, all these ducks who just do nothing but rob and pillage and steal. <laughs> and Dead Eye left them to join... Um, Buck your hair in the space crew and there's an episode where we meet them and and um, try to make a peace treaty with them you see um, the Ninja Duck Clan Ninja Duck Clan gotta shout out the Ninja Duck Clan well one of my favourite episodes was, was the one about the scientists who created Complex oh yeah and they tried to destroy Complex but um, Complex found out what they were trying to do and casted them out to space you said there's something important about the episode that links to the very last episode we're going to get into and what is that that's correct oh well basically the climate converter that they um, capture in that episode is integral to the last episode which we can get into a bit later alright uh, we also see uh, Bruiser Baboon's world uh, uh, Bruiser Baboon was called up to go back to his homeland uh, to receive the honour uh, uh, for the bronze banana medal of honour for his uh, duties in the Toad Wars which it's not ended yet but you know maybe he was obviously he was some sort of soldier before he joined space right yeah um um, in that episode, that's the one where Toadborg designs some shades that gives um, the Toads confidence. The Toads are always scared of uh, berserker baboons. Berser berserker baboons and uh, um, juicians. <laughs> yeah, um, Toadborg, Toadborg designs these shades that gives them confidence. So there was one episode where we actually see Toads kick some baboon ass. Yeah, no, that was that was, <laughs> that was, that was fun. 
That was fun. That was fun. Uh, Winnie the Wit is annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's annoying. I find his parents more annoying, to be fair. But his, yeah. his parents are some drunken hipsters. Yeah. But he's annoying because I just feel like the, he's just the easiest scapegoat when the writers don't know where they want to go. The genius level is too ridiculous. It's like, oh, uh, we're in a vortex here. We're all going to die. And Willie is like, oh, I know how to reverse this vortex <laughs> and get us out of here. How does he know? So he better have a job in the government in San Francisco. Is it San Francisco where he lives? Right? San Francisco, yeah. Or he better be the president of the United States with all that intelligence that he has, man. It's crazy. No, it's crazy. It's scapegoating out, man. Um, and uh, my last last take, I'll move on to you for your uh, favourite moments in the series before we get to episode three. Um, was, uh, oh yeah, Willie's friend, Susie. That was nice. She's someone that looks out for him. Yeah, he, his little earthly as, friend. As intelligent he is, he might not be always um, the smartest when it comes to common sense. And there was this, this young girl that was kicking game to him so he, she could copy his homework or whatever. And his homegirl Susie was there for him saying, nah, man, she's just using you. And Willie saw sense. So I like, I like stuff like that. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I, I have to say, man, I'm, when you watch it back, yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed to you're here. It's, 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 a gr- it's a great series, you know? And um, I think, like, I was worried that it wouldn't stand up. Like, you know, some of my favourite movies as a child haven't stood up the test yeah. of time. But I feel like this this has. Yeah. Like, you know, this, this you know, with new animation, this could drop in 2019. And I think, it, you know, the kids would love it. Do you have any favourite moments before we move on to episode 13? Ooh. Um... No, I mean, as a whole, I think it was just great to see all the the different animals in their environment. So yeah, definitely the the pirate duck um, outfit, um, the, the the ninja duck, the samurai lizards, going to the Beetlejuicean world and and seeing the the tree kind of planet that they lived on um, was dope. Like yeah, I think um, the the whole universe and the depth of, of how they tried to in, interpret that world was, was dope. Okay, and um, before we get into uh, episode 13, can you give us some uh, information about the uh, title theme song itself? Who, who composed that? And uh, what's the origin of that guy who is involved in the, uh, the title sequence of Bucky Hair? Because I think that, that title theme is a tremendous theme. And I just want to know a little bit more information about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so the title theme, obviously awesome. I mean, like in the preparation for this, this tune has been stuck in my head at any given moment of the day. Um, and um, it was created by Doug Casaros. I mean, you know, at me in the comments. if if, if, if Casaros. Casaros. Sounds like a Greek name. Yeah, actually. definitely sounds like a Greek name. So, um, you know, at me if I pronounced that wrong, I apologise, but... He's um, basically a musician and songwriter, um, ill um, keyboardist. And um, he has worked with a crazy amount of names. So Cher, Rod Stewart, Sinead O'Connor, Gloria Estefan, Elton John, Errol Smith, B.B. King. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's Crazy, you know, even to Christina Aguilera, as you know, as, wow, as forward as that, man. he's definitely on job. I mean, any, um, other, any other theme songs he's done? Um, 
Not that we know. Like basically, he, he did a tick. You said he did a tick, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did the tick. He did the tick. He did the tick. He did the tick. I love that. So that that was. But he obviously was more focusing on a musical career. Not just doing... Yeah, but I mean... I mean it's a musical career. Be, be, before he tried to do his little solo thing, like, he, he he won an Emmy. Like, what he... I think he was known for, like, children's program intros. So he won an Emmy in, like, 84, I think, for the ABC After School Specials. Okay. Which was, like, uh, Musical Composition in Children's Programming Awards, which was, um, like, you know, crazy. Like, 2005... He won another one and um 2012. Um so like definitely like his discography is crazy and you should definitely check him out. Um thank you, Doug, for for bringing us one of the illest cartoon wow. themed songs. We salute I've, you, I've, man. Yeah, we give we you a you. space style salute. And, <laughs> uh, what, what's the uh the berserker chant? Yeah. War cry. War cry. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. I guess we're gonna go off to episode thirteen now. This is the last ever episode of Captain Bucky O'Hare because there's only one season. So let's get into it. Episode thirteen. And what is the title of this episode for me, my man? So the last episode is called "The Taking of Pilot Jenny." Okay, taking a pilot Jenny, written by um, I believe Peter Stone. And Neil Adams, there was talk about um, Neil Adams looking to bring back Bucky O'Hare for a movie. I remember, I think back in 2006, it was going to be like a CGI thing. Um, but obviously, that never happened, yeah. which is probably the reason why we'll talk to you later um, with um, the copy being cancelled and why it was never really resurrected or seen again. Even though we did have a massive following, it's actually quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, in 2006, though, um, Neil Adams, um, along with, obviously, Larry Hanmar, they produced, like, a manga of Buck Your Hair. Oh, really? So, I mean, it, it, it's pretty much a regurgitation of... What's already been... Of, of the original comic, which, obviously, is impossible to get unless you're willing to pay that crazy um, reseller kind of cash on it. But... Um, but yeah, so that's still available and easy to, to get hold of. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So how does this episode start off, uh, Free Fort? Let's let's talk about this. Let's break down the very last episode of Captain Bucky here. So basically, um, Jenny and Blinky are flying along at epic speeds on the Toad Croaker, which they did a awesome um, toy of as well. Um, much to Blinky's dismay because they are... They're on a mission. Time is of the essence and Jenny is driving crazy. Um, but then they're trapped, they're captured by Toadborg. So um, Willie, back on Earth, is alarmed that no one's called him in a couple of days is, I think, what he says. But he's worried about that. And so he, you know, turns on the machine and arrives on the righteous indignation to discover everyone's grieving Jenny's capture. Right. So the Toads demand an exchange for Jenny, the climate converter. So um, there's there's be a lot of climate converter conversations coming up. So maybe we'll call that CC1. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so CC1. Um, so 
Bucky stole in home, swampy home. So that was, so they want to exchange that. And so if you want to go back, episode I think three, yeah, home swampy home. Is, yeah. That's when he stole the the climate converter. Um, so. Oh, no, no, that would be episode four or five. Four, four, four. Whoa, yeah. home swampy home's the title. Yeah. You go Google that, guys. Yeah. So um. Bucky's all up for it to Willie's disbelief and they agree to meet with the hares on planet Kenna who who um, are holding the machine to to take it and transport it back to the toads. Right. So um, after they're getting the hares to, to, gr- to agree to that, Bucky and the crew go to make the exchange. So we see a captured Jenny being teased by our two favourite toads, Fricks and Fracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uses her telekinetic powers to literally play with them like puppets. So Toborg appears and puts a quick stop to that, calling her a witch, which uh, I kind of like it when they do little cheeky things to that, you know, like obviously they're leading to calling her a bitch. Yeah. Um, but obviously she is actually a witch. So yeah, that was cute. Um, so as soon as the crew make the exchange, of course... They're captured by Toadborg, who's double-crossing Toads. So, however, as soon as the Toads have the crew prisoner, our man Dogstar and the real Buck Your Hair, who switched with his cousin Jeffrey. Yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, what's going on? Which is a, it's a dumb little twist, especially as I don't know if they knew this was going to be the final episode. Um, but just the fact that, that they just went... It reminds me of, I don't know if you ever watched um, Iron Man, the animated series. Mm. Um, There was an an episode where uh, Iron Man was getting married to Scarlet Witch, I believe it was. uh, And uh, Mandarin invades or whatever. And Mandarin, because Mandarin found out that Iron Man uh, is Tony Stark. So it's Tony Stark's getting married, right? Okay. And the man who comes and crashes the wedding, but then Iron Man shows up out of nowhere, saves the day. Yeah. So at the end, <laughs> you see Scarlet Witch come up to him and goes, Tony, and points at Iron Man, Tony. He goes, I'm so confused. And then Iron Man takes off his helmet and then reveals the helmet is a woman that's wearing a suit, then takes off the mask and it's Tony Stark's. And she's like, well, hold on, if you're Tony, then who's Tony Stark? And then Tony Stark bursts open the shirt and says, I'm not Tony, I am a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, I think yeah. I caught that. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope, dope. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, so it's a beautiful chess move there. <laughs> so, um, A writer's scapegoat, that's what I say. That, <laughs> that and Winnie the Wit. Anyway, keep going, sorry. <laughs> so Dogstar and the real Bucky um, blast through the toad defences. The crew, um, now including Jenny and Blinky, escape and see the and steal the CC1, while Bucky and Dogstar go to the still swampy Warren to remove the climate converter currently there. Let's call that CC2 okay. from the planet. Okay. So after boarding the CC2, Bucky and Dogstar's crew battle a robot controlled by Complex, but basically Complex's consciousness creates um, a machine. In a in an Ultron way, basically, and they eventually win, and Bucky gets the CC two off the planet. Complex recovers, and uses the CC two to attack the CC one, which is being piloted towards Warren. And of course, 
Bucky defeats Complex again. We finally get to see Complex though do some stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We see Complex on job for the first time. You know, instead of sitting behind his ominous computer screen, he he gets out and obviously he's quite a competent bad guy. And if Bucky wasn't such a intelligent, sly, witty character, then I'm sure he'd be for dead. He'd be for dead. I was gonna say there was no air marshal in this episode, so. Air Marshal was in the one before when they went into the baboon world to uh, invade the baboons, right? Yeah. And I remember, um, um, what's the name of the, the Toad Ball? Toad Ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> toad Ball told the Air Marshal to retrieve this monstrous toad like baboon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, was, what was he called? I can't remember now. The, I don't know. Yeah. It was like a pink, massive, big toad. Beast of a yeah. toad, yeah. And then. And then Marshall's like, I brought it for you and bought, because we're not going to use them yet. Our plan's working. And he, he was just so like frustrated. Like, ah. And that was it. Was that like the end of Air Marshall, you think? Do you think well, he had enough of, of the constant not being appreciated and I'm gone? And then he was never seen in the last <laughs> No, I think it's more of a thing that um, he fails so much. Like, Complex doesn't mess around. And yeah. I, I think that's what I like is like, you know, sometimes, especially in A's cartoons, like some of the evil characters was so dumb for lack of a yeah. better word that yeah. it became frustrating but like these characters evolve and they know that okay Toad Marshall isn't the guy yeah. like I'm gonna leave the serious stuff to Toad Borg because okay. Toad Borg is on job okay. and obviously you know in, in this episode we see Complex actually take matters into his own hands because it's not a joke anymore you know so how did Bucky actually defeat Complex. So, I mean, we've got to talk about how Bucky actually defeated Complex. Like, the, the final time he comes through with a backflip to the face, mm-hmm. flips off Complex's face, and um, just unplugs him from the back, which was... Um, which was causing an explosion. It was ca- causing an explosion. Right. And um, basically destroys CC2. So, Willie... Obviously, our, our, our resident scientist uses CC1, which has been reprogrammed by the hair scientist. So, you know, Willie doesn't do it all. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, some of the, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. he get, lets the other um, mammals yeah. um, get, get in on the yeah, scientific yeah. action, which, right. yeah, which was um, that to see, obviously, not being used as the scientific scapegoat all the time. Right. Yeah. Like, a whole team of scientists had to reprogram the climate converter. And um, basically, um, they, this is to obviously change Warren back to woodland instead of the swamp. Right. So they've reversed the, the process of this. So the hares can go back and repopulate. So Bucky explains to Willie that the whole thing was Jenny's plan and was a way basically to get the reprogram climate converter onto Warren as the toads would only let it near Warren if they thought the mammals were giving it to them in exchange for Jenny. Okay. And all is well in the universe. And that's the end. Yeah, that's the end. So basically Complex is kind in this in this world of a cartoon, Complex has been defeated. He has been destroyed. Maybe, you know, you could always argue that can you really destroy technology? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel that basically, you know, in, in similar to how Marvel did with Ultron, like the computer's consciousness can never really be destroyed. So right. it can always be transferred to another computer. Okay. But yeah, so... Quickly, yeah. let's rank Buck Your Hair as a series 
13 episodes, 1 to 13. Ooh. The only series ever uh, out of five. How many drinks? Because we are retroholics. <laughs> How many pints do you give out of five of Bucky or here? Is 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 a difficult one because I'm I don't want to I'm I'm comparing it already into my head for shows that I'd give five drinks to, and um it's not a five drink show but it's a great show Skillet it's a great show man yeah it's it's a, it's a fun um, show um but I, I I don't know if it deserves even three oh yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two and a half. Wow, okay, we're, we're going super harsh, okay? So we got, we're got we being frugal with our it's points. It's only because we have to be careful how we compare this to others. Though. Wow, okay. Because there's going to be other cartons that we're going to review on the show. And they're going to be... That elite level. Yeah, yeah. And no, okay. Unfortunately, Bucky or here is not there. Oh! And I only had one series to even... It couldn't even improve. Yeah. So I'm going to say two, two pints and a half. Wow. Out of five. I got to give it a three. A solid three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's talk about the aftermath. Why was Captain Buck Your Hair cancelled? Um, that is that is a question I think fans of the series are still debating to this day. <laughs> well, I mean, I honestly believe it's a, l- a number of things. I don't think the ratings was as high as yeah. Cartoons. No, no. Of, of course, the that's what it comes it comes down to. At the end of the day. Um, and I think I think the mix-up of toy shipments didn't help in some cases. Like uh, only Bucky and Blink, Blinky at times got shipped. I think I remember used to going to Woolworths and only seeing Bucky O'Hare and Blinky on the shelves. Well, to be fair, that's what the I mean, that's what the talk is that one of the biggest failings is because the toys weren't successful because obviously the toys were linked yeah. to, to to the integral part of the, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they had major problems with shipping the product and um you know obviously jenny was already um made as a um beyond prototype level and you know they they held her back for the second wave and obviously sadly um she was never made but as you know we know um a great toy brand at the moment is um actually made um 2000 and 19 versions of our beloved action figures. That is awesome. So they got the whole crew? Well, the whole team? They're, 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 bit by, piece by piece, they're, they're, they're bringing really it out. Stuff. They're bringing it out. So at the moment, I think they have um, Deadeye. Yeah. They have Blink. No, sorry. They have Deadeye. They have um, Jenny. Yeah. They have uh, a camo version of Bucky, which is awesome. Like he's, like got like a blue overalls and like camo stripes on his fur. Awesome. Dead Eye, I said already, they've got a Toad Trooper. And I think obviously they're looking to bring more um, through, you know, I hope we see uh, a Frix and Frax. Yes, that'll be nice. I, I, I thought they were awesome looking yeah. characters. I need to get a shirt of Frix and Frax. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But listen, yeah, listen, I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this show. Um, if you have not seen it, check it out. Uh, Captain Buck Your Hair, uh, you know, they, they, they know they own the fate of every warm-blooded, freedom-loving man when the animal, an- anniversary in their paws. And, you know, the team tries their best to free 
enslaved animals. And you can get that. You can get behind that. It's awesome. Of course um, you can. There are plenty of high-energy thrills for the uh, intrepid crew uh, of the United Animal Space Frigate. Yep. Uh, led by the captain. Say that Oscar ten times fast. In the ongoing battle against the Toad Menace, check it out. It is on DVD. I mean, I don't know if it's on DVD. I mean, you can probably find it on Amazon or just stream it if you wish. Uh, but uh, I will say, check out thirteen episodes of the only series of Captain Barker you're here, the animated series. Anything before we sign off? Free thought. No, just you know, um, I'm 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 happy that. Um, we were given this, like, even though in a short run, and um, shout out to Boss Fight, which yep. is the toy company yep. that is making um, the new version of the figures. Um, awesome job, guys. Um, and way to keep the, the 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 story and the love alive. So that's it. Uh, if you want to find out more about whatever episodes we're going to review, whatever cartoons or, you know, or you have any recommendations about cartoons you wanna want us to review, Please give us a shout on our socials that you can see on the screen right now. I am Skillet. And I am Free Thought. And we are Retroholics. Let's go get some toads. Requesting to land on Moonport 45. One sec, got to mate again. <laughs> My apologies, requesting to land at whoops, mating time. Warning. 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 <laughs>